We um, are continuing in a series entitled, Renovate Your Slash Our Life. And it's just simply a, a time, a season, seven weeks, to look at truth that God brings about our lives, about your life. Truth that God gives in, in hope that, that there'll be this building into your slash our lives of this truth. That will help us um, to have a, a solid life in terms of spiritually. And, and that means so many different things, practically speaking. That there'd be change and that there'd be transformation in the areas that we need it in our life. To live into the plans that he has for us. And that was the first week, two weeks ago. Jeremiah 29, plans to give you hope and to give you a future, short version. It's incredible to know when you think about what it means for your future and for your life to know that God has plans for you and He knows what they are. Good plans, great plans, plans better beyond the scope of your imagination, anything you could draw up. And as you think about renovating or building a life, it just follows the the analogy, if you will, the illustration of building a house or renovating a house. You start with a blueprint. God has the blueprint. Do you know what it is? And then we looked last week at Psalm 51. You have to have a blueprint if you're renovating. Even if you're going to build a house and you've got a lot and there's stuff there, you've got to get rid of junk and debris, right? It is so important and it's so hard for us. Why? Because we love junk. We like a little trash in our lives, even though sometimes we know it stinks. Just saying. God says get rid of it. You can't start with the new until you're done with the old, until you clean out the junk and the debris. What a great challenge. And then the third week where we we move to after looking at those two truths is the truth that we have today found in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. And I have a a belief about you that I want to share with you. True for everybody here that, that really is about this passage and, and, and the ones that we've looked at and the ones we're going to look at. And, he, and here's, the, here's the truth or assumption that I have about you. And it's this, that as you look at your life moving forward, you want it to be great. And the plans that you're making right now, you don't want to fall apart. You don't want your life to come apart at the seams in the future. Is that not true? Anybody here saying, yeah, I want my life to fall apart. Woo, woo, woo. I don't think so. You're in college and high school getting ready to graduate. You're making a lot of important decisions right now. College, work. You might even be thinking beyond to to where you might live or if you're going to get hitched or not. All important decisions. I am certain that you do not want the decisions that you make now and the future that you're looking at to fall apart, to crumble, to fail. I'm positive. So too, if you have a family, kids, no matter what age they are. Don't we live a lot of our lives wanting to build a a solid foundation and future for our children? I think that's true. What about when you get a little older, retirement age? The golden years. A lot of people told me that's not so. I don't know. I think there's a lot of great things about it. Grandkids just starting to live that. The decisions you make with your life, 
the way that you can spend your time now that you have more discretionary time, things that you're looking forward to, that you're hoping for, you want all that to fall apart? See, I believe that you desire a great future for yourself. Isn't it awesome today, folks? And, and in the weeks to come in every day as you read his word, he gives you truth about that. Because as much as you want a great future for you, God wants an even better one. Beyond flesh and blood into everlasting. So open up your hearts and listen to his truth and his word this morning. How about what it means to build on the right foundation and a strong framework? Hear the truth of Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is the Word of God, might it be written in our hearts and lived in our lives. So admittedly, there's some passages that you read in Scripture that sometimes you might scratch your head over, you've got to really think through. This is not one of them. This is pretty straightforward, and this is pretty blunt, isn't it? As you look at that passage, it's speaking about something very clearly. It's speaking about being wise or being foolish. Now, it uses an analogy and a comparison illustration of a house, but it's about being wise or it's about being foolish. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, being wise, being foolish in the terms of, of living your life. I just want to look at a couple of things that, that it says um, as we start. And the first thing that he says, Jesus speaking here, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. So, so look at those words a minute. There's two things that he's saying is true. But I even want you to look at, he's saying, whoever hears these words of mine. What words is he speaking about? Well, this passage comes at the end of what was called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. It really is the tail end of the message. And so you can go back and you can look at what it is, and I encourage you to do so, about what he's talking about. These words of mine, things that he just spoke. And he has a lot to say in the Sermon on the Mount. Things that you probably have questions about. Things that you're probably thinking about in terms of your future. Powerful truth. Truth about life. He speaks about murder. He speaks about adultery. He, he speaks about divorce. He speaks about promises. He speaks about prayer. He speaks about serving. He speaks about giving to the needy. He speaks about faith. Matthew 6, 25 to 33, I encourage you, in these times, read that passage. Say, I know there's a lot of fears and, and anxiety about the day we live in. 
God wants you to know. He wants you to listen to what He has to say about what it means to have faith in your heart and to trust Him in all things. He speaks about judging others. He speaks more about that at the tail end of things. He speaks about seeking Him, about life, about fruit, about the evidence of His presence in our hearts and in our lives. He's speaking about those words. And in fact, does anybody know what He says in Matthew 5, 17 to 20? I'm not going to quiz you. Some of you are going to quick look it up. I can tell you. He speaks about all truth. He's saying these words of mine. He says in Matthew 5, verses 17 to 20, and we, we've referred to it or we know it as a, as, a, as, a, as a jot or a tittle. That's a crossing of a T or a dotting of an I. He says it's all true. And, and I didn't come, and some people struggle with some Old Testament things. He says, I didn't come to abolish any of it. In fact, I came to fulfill it. That's what he says, Matthew 5. Go ahead and read it. To the crossing of a T and the dotting of an I. So when he says these words of mine, he's speaking about all truth, the entire word of God. So, so think about then what he just said. Whoever listens to these words of mine. I wonder about that a lot in, in terms of, of the living of life and how we, how we function and, and how we be. Listen to these words of mine. Are we listening? Are we hearing? What it is that God is saying for us in these times and in these moments? How about when we have struggles or we think about hot-button issues in the world? Are we listening? It's a good question. I want you to know at this juncture, I would would submit this to you, and and some of you might flinch at this, but, but God wants you to know that it's okay to ask questions. See, sometimes as people, whether it's, it's parents or just people in general, people in authority, they don't want you to ask questions. Sometimes the church has communicated that. No, it's bad to ask questions. That's not what God has to say. Read 1 John 4, verse 1. Test the spirits. He wants you to ask questions. It's okay to be skeptical. You know why? Because he knows if you ask questions, hopefully it'll lead to discovering the truth. Isn't that what you ask questions about? Maybe not so much. See, sometimes people, and so I'm, hear these words of mine. And so if you hear them and then you got questions, listening, but then you, then you do what? You test and you validate. He says it, put them into practice. I just want you to know it's okay to have questions. But if you're doing it to be snarky, if you're doing it to prove a point, isn't that true how sometimes we do that? Somebody will, will lay something out there and, and will question it. Why? Because we're just kind of like messing with them. We want to know that we're right, they're wrong. And so the question is meant to kind of like create divisiveness right away. To demonstrate that, we're, that we know what truth is. And so we ask those kind of little questions, you know, we drop them out there, that kind of thing. That's not what God is saying when he says, okay, to ask questions. It's okay to ask questions and be skeptical if in your heart you desire truth. You really want to know. But there's more to it then. See, to ask questions and then leave it at that is not good. Because you never discover what is real and true. 
And this is okay to ask questions, but I want you to listen, and then I want you to tell, I want you to put into practice the words that I give to see if it's not true. There's a huge difference. And are you not amazed as I am at what people accept at face value as being true today? A lot of people won't admit it, but a lot of their, their opinions and the things that they believe are shaped off an article they read on the internet. Just say it. Or something that a friend told them. Or an expert. Whoever that may be. There's a lot of experts in this world, way too many. Without any means of validation. I have so many stories about that. It's incredible. Things that people have told me are true. They would, you know, stake their life on it. And five minutes later, they find out it's completely false. We see that in the world, don't we? So let me, let me ask you, if you, if you heard something, you believed it, you didn't validate it, though, and you went up and down and you ranted and you raved, and, or maybe not because you're so awesome and good, but you really believed that it was true, and then five mi- minutes later you found out it wasn't, how would that make you feel? Uh, what, what is the word there, being wise? Or... Yeah. God wants you to not be a fool. He wants you to listen. And then he wants you to test. And he wants you to practice. If you're really seeking truth, isn't that what you do? If somebody told you, hey, you can walk out on that thin ice, and you were looking at it and you were wondering and you had questions, would you run out there with a beeline? Maybe if you were a fool. Hopefully somebody will throw you a lifeline or be there to do it. No, I think you'd probably test it. Maybe you'd tell them, go out and walk first. Take a stick or something with you. See, we, we know the truth of what Jesus is saying. We, we know what's real. He simply wants us to be wise. Why? Because he wants the best for us. He has a plan. And so I ask a simple question, just as really Jesus does when he's saying these words. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, you have to ask yourself, who am I listening to really? Have you ever wondered that about the values that you have? I remember um, a long time ago, and I did it not too terribly long ago, um, when I was pastoring in Fremont, I taught a class, and I asked people in the class to do this. This is what I would like you to do. I'd like you to write down what you believe about a given subject. That doesn't matter what subject it is. Just go ahead and write it down. And so a lot of people wrote things down about hot-button issues in the world. So I said, tell me what you think or you believe about that. Write it out. And then this was what was next. I said, now I, I want you to find out where in God's Word there's support for what you believe. Ooh, things got silent. Some people started digging around, and praise God, they found support and truth about what they believed and what their worldview was. But what came out of that was a lot of times not so much. And there was this mix at work a lot of times. Half-truth 
some support in God's word for it, but not completely and not wholly. And I really think that's where a lot of people live. They know some of the truth about what God has to say, and yet not all of it. And so they get things half right. I think we know what happens when we're talking about building a life and living it on and building it on half truths. Satan is so good. He's the great deceptor. And he deals in the subtle and in the half right. He wants to trust to manipulate truth so that there's a bit there. And so you're kind of thinking, it must be true because of this part of it. And then you go down that road and you have a full-blown worldview that had nothing to do really with the word and the truth of God. Listen, hear these words of mine and then test them, put them into practice. That's what being wise is, is about. Again, because he doesn't want your life to collapse. He he wants you to build your life wisely, and that includes a right foundation and a strong framework. So so, so think about that. You think about what it is that you believe as true. And the things that you... Because we base our decisions based on what we believe. Is that not correct? So if you think the ice is strong, you walk on it. If you don't, you don't. In all of the different worldviews that are out there. Have you ever seen a house that's built on a bad foundation? We just had a picture up there a little bit ago. There's kind of one up there now. Have you ever looked at a house or maybe lived in a house that has a bad foundation? Yeah, not fun. Um, I looked at a lot of houses over the last 15 months or a little longer. Looked at a couple houses with really bad foundations. One that I really was hoping would work out, I took somebody who had more knowledge than me and brought them there and found out, yeah, not a good situation, not going to be, simply because of what it was built on. It was a wreck, and it was just the house. I, I Actually, when I think about it, I can't believe the house didn't fall apart right then. But there were all kinds of cracks. The house was buckling. See, there's signs, evidence of building on the wrong foundation. It's not good. Things can fall apart. And then, of course, on that foundation, you have to have the right framework. Things have to be solid, well-built. God's speaking about your life. The right foundation is Jesus Christ. The framework is his word and truth and his spirit and his presence inside. He wants you to have that right foundation. Even if that's not true of you in this moment. And he wants you to to build your life with a strong framework, his living word. Not just a little, all throughout your whole life, affecting all of your decisions, all of your steps. Read Psalm 119, great passage about the truth of God. Again, versus what is foolish, and you just read that, verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish person who built them on sand. And I think about that in our world today, and I'll go back a little bit to um, culture for a moment. And I think about the foolishness of culture. And I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. It's one of the things I really struggle with. The religion of the day in our country, secular relativism. 
Do you know what the premise of secular relativism, uh, relatives, uh, yeah, say that three times fast, right? Secular relativism is that truth changes. Sand. Think about that for a moment. Secular relativism uh, says that, that whatever is going on at the moment, whatever is being claimed and embraced as truth is truth. Relativism, culturally. It might be true today, but it might not be true tomorrow. It might have been true in the past, but it's not true today. You could apply that in all different kinds of scenarios and all kinds of different truths and see the fallacy of it. But when you judge and make you decisions about what is true in your life based on a tidal wave of cultural opinion, it's crazy. I will list just one thing. You could list anything, and as it relates to truth and what's going on in the world today, to see, see that that premise is faulty and it's just going to lead to collapse. One thing, racism. There was a time when culture in this country embraced slavery. There was one time that our country, not too terribly long ago, and there's still strains of it, there's still, still a real problem. I wouldn't ignore that at all. That people were told what to do based on the color of their skin. Cultural opinion. Culture saying, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to treat people. What, what has God's word said? Not how people have interpreted it at different times. God's word has always said, everyone is created equally. In my image, I made them. In the image of God, everyone, male and female. Nobody's different in my eyes. That's what God's word has said. God's word says in terms of foundation, Jesus died for a lost and hurting world. Everyone. He loves everybody. No changes there. Always been true. Always will be. So, so you start to think about it. And I could take, you could take any single hot button issue. I don't care if it's abortion, homosexuality, whatever it is. God speaks into it and speaks truth. And in the tidal wave of opinion, secular of them, those positions have changed and shifted throughout the years, and guess what? They will in the future. And I would ask you what that leads to. Look at the truth. Look at what's happened in our nation. If we're getting it so right, because what's true today is incredible, how come our country's falling apart in so many ways? Ask yourself that question for a moment. But there is hope, and our hope is in the living Lord, in Jesus Christ. And it's a hope that he's given to you and to me so that we'll have a right foundation, so that we'll have a strong framework in our lives. 
but we need to listen. He speaks every day to you, to me, to the church about who it is that we're to be, about what it means um, to display the love of Jesus Christ and to be somebody who loves with the love of Jesus Christ. Again, full of grace, full of truth. And we have a choice to listen or not to listen. We have a choice to listen to the created or the creator, to the one who knows nothing about what you're going to do tomorrow or the one who has great plans for you tomorrow. We have a choice. God wants us to choose wisely. He wants us to listen, to test, to validate. That's a, that's a foundational challenge for you and me today, coming out of this word. Listen to test and to apply. You really want to know if something is true? Go live it. You really want to know if God is saying, hey, this is how you're going to discover who I am and where I'm at? Go serve. Go be the hands and feet of Jesus. You want to know if that's true? Go do it. There's so much. And so I, it, I, I see that you're hearing what God is saying. That's great. Put into practice. It's not just about listening and then knowing and not doing, not being. We know what that does. You think about that in terms of where you're at, maybe some of the questions you have. You think about maybe some of the things you have in your heart and in your life, just like me, that needs to change. You want real transformation. You want a better life. You want to be a better person. You want to walk closer with God. You want your relationship with Him to deepen and strengthen. That's what God wants for you even more. Listen, test, validate. Do you know the story of the three little pigs? Anybody? Yeah. I, I remember reading it. I had to go back and reread it. There were three little pigs... One of them, and they all decided it was time to leave their parents' house. And so the three little pigs went out. And the first little pig went down the road, and he built a house out of what? Do you know the story? Straw. That's right. We're going to focus in right over here. He read the story. Read a house built out of straw. And then if you read the original story, I don't know if it comes in the shortened version, but then he started playing. Took him five minutes to build his house out of straw. No effort, no work. Just put it up, boom. Of course, it took a little bit of work. The second little piggy built their house out of what? Sticks. Dead spot on. Did you read that story today? No, I'm just kidding. Know the story. Yeah. Out of sticks. A little more effort. A little more work. But you read in the story that the two little pigs, one that built their house out of straw and the one that built their house out of sticks, were looking at the third little pig who was working very hard to build their house out of brick. And he worked and he worked and he sweated. There's pictures in the little book of the little piggy sweating because he's building, he's working hard, he's trying to do the right things. Living a life in Jesus Christ isn't easy. Building on the right foundation with a strong framework is not easy. Try doing that in the world today. It's hard. People are jabbing at you, calling you names, labeling you, categorizing you. 
their little piggy built a house that was strong and solid. You know what happened next, right? The big bad wolf. You can call him Satan, that's okay. Came and he hopped and he puffed. Blew the first house all apart because it was a life built out of straw, a house I mean. Second one, same thing, house of sticks. One that didn't take too long to build, was just all about cruising around, doing whatever. You know where those little pigs went? Did you read the story? They ran down to the house where the third little pig was, and they were saved. Right foundation, strong framework. If you look at verse 25 and you look at verse 27, they're identical until you get to the end. The rain came down. First words of verse 25. First words of verse 27. The rain came down. Next clause in verse 25. The streams rose. Next clause in verse 27. The streams rose. Next clause in verse 25. And the winds blew and beat against that house. Next clause in verse 27. The winds blew and beat against that house. And then there's a difference. It did not fall, verse 25, because it had a foundation built on the rock. Last words in verse 27, and it fell with a great crash. There's a challenge for you and me to be wise. None of us wants our lives to fall apart. Neither does God. There's one thing that I want to close um, in saying, and it's about rejecting um, truth. So if you, look, if you look at the first part of verse 26, it says this, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man slash person. So a word to followers of Jesus Christ. Um, please, please, please recognize that truth. See, because there's a problem that we have sometimes. We assume everybody knows truth. We assume that everybody has did the work, that they've listened, that they've heard. And, and what happens if we make that assumption? We, we look pretty foolish. You know, somebody can't be living out a life of truth if they haven't heard it. That puts a challenge on you to be a truth teller with the words that you speak and the life that you live. Whoever hears these words of mine, and, and believe me, the world is looking. They're asking the questions, they're listening, they're seeking desperately for truth. You have been given the privilege and the opportunity to be that truth. But if you categorically reject somebody because of what you think about them and you don't know anything about them, you've made a grave mistake. You think that somebody ought to be living this kind of a life, and why aren't they doing what I do or choosing to believe what I believe when you don't know their story and you haven't taken the time to listen to them. Big mistake. Share. Listen. And then it says, if that's true, and then they reject it, they're building their life on a house of sand. So much that's here that's, that's awesome and great 
Hmm. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I, I hope that as you're living now, um, you know, God is revealing himself in your life in a profound and in a wonderful way. And you've got that right foundation and you're building that strong framework. I know that we all need a little bit of renovation, a little bit of change and transformation. How do you know what's true and what's the right changes to make? Right foundation, strong framework. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, you are a good and glorious God. Lord, as I think about um, the people I encounter that are desperately seeking, uh, they want to know truth. I believe that that's in the bottom of their hearts. They're not just asking those questions again to be snarky, Lord. They really want to know. And so I pray for myself. I pray for the church here today that we'd be people who, who are truth tellers and truth livers. Lord, that when we would speak about what it is to to think about what it is to test, what it is to put into practice, that we would speak truth. Lord, that we just wouldn't share in what the world does in terms of giving the thoughts of people who are experts or that we read off the Internet, but, Lord, we would be speaking truth and doing it full of grace. And, Lord, that we would live it. See, your presence and your spirit inside is like a magnet. It shines. It radiates your goodness and your glory. Lord, that's a challenge for us. Sometimes we don't feel like being somebody who shines light. So God, continue to work in our hearts and in our lives. Fill us to overflowing with the presence of your spirit. Help us to build our lives on the right foundation and with a strong framework. So that we can be that third little pig. We can be that wise man who built his house on the rock. Saving not just our lives, but impacting, being used. What a privilege to think about beyond flesh and blood. To make an impact on the very kingdom of heaven, your kingdom. And taste the sweet fruit of a beautiful harvest, might it be. I praise you and thank you for who you are. And the lives that are being lived for you that are representing this body of Jesus Christ and those listening. In your name, I pray it humbly and with gratitude. Amen.